Okay, everybody, what's up? This is, uh, I don't know, a some episode of the Celebrity Death Pool podcast. Sixth. It is not. I feel like it's, it doesn't matter. Really, at this point, does it matter? I mean, honestly. Um, this is this episode of the Celebrity Deadpool podcast. This is, this is one of them. <laughs> one of them. Indescribable. One of uh, many. <laughs> I am your host, Bethany. With me is my very good friend, Brad. Hello. Hi, Brad. Um, so I feel like we start every podcast by saying, been a slow week. <laughs> Like not a lot of action going on, but in reality, I mean, nobody's gotten points. Like truth be told, nobody has gotten points. Even though, still. even though, um, the rapper, the 36 year old rapper got shot. So yeah. nobody has snooty wild. Nobody had snooty wild. Oh, unfortunately, so we still our, have the game. our condolences to the entire wild family in Memphis. Uh, yeah, we still have a game going on. Oh, okay. Um, the game has been live for over a month and not a single point has been awarded, which is a handful of a shocking handful of deaths. There's been a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, but nobody, nobody is on the board yet. And I have said before that I will generally keep it open until, until a point is awarded as long as you're you're adding names or you're submitting your list with information okay. that all of us with that. If there's no points. It's like, let yeah. more people come in, right? The more people, the more money for the winners. Exactly. More people, more fun, more money. Unless I one of the newbies fun. wins. Right. Then and then it's not so cool. <laughs> because but, we've, been playing, we've been playing the whole time. We've been right. playing by the rules, but that's just it though. So they have to, they have to come in with information that would have been available to all of us when the game started. So for instance, there's a picture of Phil Collins that just got released like yesterday and uh, like nothing but love to Phil Collins. But I mean, the man looks like the Crypt Keeper. So (laughs) I just, we can't use that. So if somebody were to add him. You need to know when to be done. And that was a long time ago. I think, yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the people at his show are just awe-inspired by you know, you know what? Phil Collins. But... He's trying. He's getting sure. out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in his 70s now. I thought, he, I thought it was 80. Maybe he's 80 now. So, I yeah, 80. I get it. So, the only way you can come in is that the news did not change from the day we started, like somebody went terminal. Correct. Correct. So, um, so if you're listening to this, we're recording. What is, what is today? The 11th. Is it the 11th? March 11th. 10th. 10th. March 10th. <laughs> Brad reporting to you from the future. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we're recording this on March 10th, assuming you're listening to this and points have not been awarded and you want to play, feel free, feel free to reach out, send us an email at celebrity death pool podcast, gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at celebrity death pool. Um, because at this point, no one has received a single point, not for a single human, even though 
we have had some folks die on us. We've had some passings on us. Um, I've got my list. You've got your list. You mentioned before when we were doing our pre-show that the people that I highlight are always different than the people that you highlight. (laughs) (laughs) So clearly the people who I know who they are, you don't. Right. Right. That happens. That's why we have both of us because we're covering a bunch of generations. That's what we're, but we're the same generation though. That's the, you're more like millennial leaning. Um, you know, well, you know, you know them. You're more in tune with them. I am more in tune with them. That means I'm younger and hipper than you. I reach back. I can go pretty far back. Okay. That just means I'm younger and hipper than you, but I am solidly proud of my Gen X heritage. And I will. Well, I know, but you're also, you're on the, you're on the, um, younger end of the spectrum of what? I'm the younger end of the spectrum. No, you're on the grunge side where I'm on more of the, you know, hard rock side. So that's kind of where we are. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I will say this though. I think that the first name I'm going to put out will be the great unifier between our two spans of generations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the the gender gap, it'll, it'll close it a little bit, but the, the, Amazing director Ivan Reitman died um, earlier this month. And Ivan Reitman directed some of the greatest movies ever made. Ghostbusters is one of them. Meatballs, Animal House, Stripes. I mean, the guy could do no wrong. Honestly, if it had Harold Ramis and or Bill Murray in it, pretty good chances that Ivan Reitman was the director of it. Um, and it was, I mean, he's phenomenal. And his son, Jason. Jason, has now kind of followed in dad's footsteps. And Jason not only directed, but wrote the new Ghostbusters movie. What's it called? Ghostbusters Afterlife or um, something like that? Afterlife. Yeah. Um, which I've heard phenomenal things. I have not seen this movie, but I've heard amazing things about it. Um, and like I said, that was um, Ivan Reitman's son that that I took mean, this over. Who's in grieving right now. I did not know that Ivan Reitman was the producer of the heavy metal movie from 1981. The animated rated yeah. R yeah. heavy metal. Huh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, he's, he's one of the big ones from our generation. I he mean, really is. Kindergarten Cop, Ghostbusters 2, Twins. Now, a lot of these, he was the producer. You just of. named three of the, like, what I would consider oh. his B-list movies. <laughs> uh, Animal House. Not, you said that earlier. A-lister, yes. Um, Stripes. Yes. Heavy Metal. Um, I will tell you one of my most fond memories that I have is so my dad, my dad is a big movie guy. And when I was young, you know, if you'll, if you'll remember back in the day and there were only, you know, six channels or whatever it was. And on one of the channels on Sundays, there would be just like several movies. It was usually like after wrestling in the morning. And then there would be a couple of movies after that. And 
I remember my dad telling me to sit down to watch this really great movie. And I was super skeptical about it. And he had me watch Meatballs for oh, the first funny. time, which was, that was such a moment. I mean, we watched a ton of movies like that. And I was always very skeptical. And I, and looking back, I don't know why I was so skeptical because he generally had pretty excellent taste in film. Um, but, you know, being kind of a skulky teenager, tween, whatever. And it's just like, oh, geez, dad. Um, but yes, Meatballs was one of the movies that he made me sit down and watch. I will never forget it. Um, to this day, when I pick up the kids, like on the last day of school, I will sing or play. Like, are you ready for the summer? <laughs> I will blast it in the car. It's either that or school's out, but it's one of the two of them. And I, I play that. I will like forever remember the scene where they, they floated the guy out on the, the mattress or whatever in the middle of the lake thinking that was the most genius prank ever. Um, yeah. So that was, that was the big one for me was meatballs. And meatballs was one of the best. That was, uh, I mean, that was I was looking at his list up in the air. I love you, man. These are all, he's executive producer. Mm -hmm. uh, Disturbia, old school, evo uh, evolution, road trip. You're my boy, Blue! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Space Jam, he was producer of Private Parts he did with uh, Howard Stern. Okay. I mean, he's done. Was he a director or was he producer on these? Producer? Most of these he's producer. Got it. Not, okay. but he, I think what it's doing is it's listing him first as the producer and some of these he did, you know, he was sure. director. I just don't know. Sure. Which one actually director 23 credits? Let's see. Evolution, six days, seven nights, Father's Day, Junior Dave, Kindergarten Cop, Ghostbusters 2, Twins, Legal Eagles, Ghostbuster Stripes, Meatballs, Foxy Lady. I mean, again, if it had Harold Ramis and or Bill Murray in it, chances yeah. are Ivan yeah. Reitman directed it. So it's it's yeah. So that was a big one. Um that one, that one kind of got me. Um, cause that's just such a, just such an icon. Um, yeah. and so I would like to think that he and Harold Ramis are sharing a cocktail in the afterlife. Hopefully writing some new scripts, making fun of people or something would be lovely. Um, but so that was put this way. They're not making movies today. <laughs> no, they, they are not. Movies, the, the kind of movies that would come out I don't know if we're going to see those kind of movies anymore, or at least for a long time. No, I don't think so. Um, so that was one. The other one that I had on my list, um, which we don't really need to go over a ton on, but um, I at least wanted to put it out there so that if anybody is listening, we can do a well check on Eddie Vedder. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Mark Lanigan, who was the lead singer, you mentioned earlier that I'm our, on the grunge spectrum of the gen xers which is 110 percent true um but mark yeah. lanigan was the lead singer of screaming trees um more recently he also um was with queens of the stone age but he was a pretty uh, uh, you know i mean i feel like bit by bit by bit my grunge era folks are are not making it into their later years. And it's very, very concerning to me. Um, well, that'd be interesting to see what the median age, I'm sure Cobain takes it way down, but it's yeah, 
not deep into the 40s or early 50s. But honestly, if you look at, you know, if you look even with Kurt Cobain, if you look early on, if you look at like Lane Staley or Shannon Hoon or, you know, whomever, they all died really young as well. Um, so, they would have yeah. gotten somebody a lot of points if we had that game back then. They really would have. They were um, the rappers of today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, so I'm curious because I looked up um, Mark Lanigan's uh, Wikipedia page and I was just trying to see here, like when I was doing um, research for the show here, just to see, you know, cause I never, I didn't remember seeing a cause of death or a reason for death. And in here, it doesn't say that there's any, there were, wasn't anything listed. Um, he was only 57. So, you know, that's, that's young. That's super young. Um, he did struggle with addiction, um, in the nineties and in, in the early two thousands, um, both alcohol and heroin heroin obviously was, you know, the, the sort of drug du jour back in the day. I mean, we, that was what cocaine was to the eighties. Right. Um, I will say this and it's just, so just listening or reading the, um, Wikipedia page on here. And this is just one of those things like, are you shitting me? Um, he mentions that he credited or he credits Courtney love who paid for his rehab with saving his life. And I, it is just a, are you shitting me kind of moment when he said that, because it's like Courtney love, really? Like, are we talking about the same Courtney love, the same Courtney love that conspiracy theorists have, you know, speculated actually killed Kurt Cobain, but she's the one that saved this guy's life. Like, it just seems, I mean, that's great. If that's really what happened and she did that, like, that's amazing. And I'm very, very proud of her. So great. But I just, I read that and I about fell out of my chair because I I'm what really? Um, but yeah, so it doesn't say, uh, how he passed or, or why he passed away. It did mention on here that he was hospitalized in March of 2021 with COVID. Um, and he then basically said that as soon as like the vaccine or the booster or whatever was available in Ireland, he was going to rush out and get it. Um, so I don't know if this was, I mean, obviously this is now nearly a year later. I have no idea if this is a COVID related death or if it were something else, I no idea. Um, and it doesn't look like we're going to get an answer to that, but as a Gen Xer who was very much into the grunge scene of things and seeing, you know, another one pass away, if somebody could just maybe give Eddie Vedder a quick call or huh. stop in, make sure he's doing okay. I would very much appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so there was, there's that one. Um, another one that I had on my list was Sally Kellerman, who obviously most folks are going to know from MASH. You mentioned that she was in, um, back to school back to school and Rodney Dangerfield she was the professor yes which I so I was not a MASH person I did not watch it um I feel like if I watched it now I might enjoy it but I also feel like it might be semi-dated um 
I mean, I know that it was supposed to be set in the Vietnam War, so I get that it's dated, but you know, you guys know what I mean. Um, but she always seemed like she was that like effortlessly, effortlessly cool, didn't try to be hot, but was hot kind of lady. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, she always was very attractive and she was kind of I don't want to say a ditzy blonde but she kind of just played that role you know and they needed a blonde either to to be really smart or like in back to school but she she fit those roles well um but she's also and I forgot about this was in the movie Little Romance I don't even know what that movie is oh for for those of you on my side of the Gen X spectrum (laughs) A Little Romance was a, a, a Diane, one of Diane Lane's first movies. Mm. And she played, uh, I think, her mom in that movie. Sally Kellerman played Diane Lane's mom? Yeah. And I think Diane Lane was like 12 when, that movie, when they made that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I am unfamiliar with this cinema masterpiece that you refer to. Um, But yeah, so she passed away. She was 84, um, which again, nobody had her. I I kind of was a little shocked that nobody had her on the list. I thought for sure that might be one, but nobody had her. Um, Who'd you have? Who'd you have on your list? Um, So I would say the first one that passed away was uh, the, the amazing Jonathan, the comedian. Died oh, okay. at 63 of heart failure. He mm-hmm. was uh, a magician. He was one of those magician comedians um, where he'd be, he'd bring people up on stage and kind of have them as the assistant or the part of the magic trick. Oh, but it's sad that he died so young, but it's not surprising because he was always up there sweating and he was a little heavy and he, you know, was very energetic and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of a Chris Farley type. Would you say it was? What did he die from a heart attack? Heart, heart failure at 63. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. The other recognizable name is Bob Beckel, uh, who was the uh, Democratic strategist reporter for Fox News. So he was the one on Fox News. There was a show called The Five, and he was the one uh, liberal that was on the panel. Uh, but he died at 73. <laughs> Did he have an un, air quote unfortunate accident then? Yeah, or he, he disagreed with them and just wasn't able to come to work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, oh. he uh what did he die of? Uh a slip and fall. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, we just know he's dead. We just um uh, where is it? It's not saying what the cause of his death was. Maybe they really don't know. <laughs> oh, see. Steve, I, I was just messing around, and here we go. Fox <laughs> News is covering it up. Um, Don't come at me, Fox News. You have much bigger wallets than I do. That was not in a personal attack. That was absolute comedy. So, <laughs> and for all of the uh, Lethal Weapon fans, I mean the first Lethal Weapon, uh, Mitchell Ryan, who you probably don't know him by name, but he's one of those recognizable faces where if you saw his face, you say, "Oh yeah, I remember him." Mm-hmm. He died. Um, he was also in Liar Liar. He was the head of the law firm when Jim Carrey went in and had a 
say something about everybody. Right. And he thought it was a gag and had him continue doing it. That's who that guy was. And he, he was one of those actors that always looked old. Like he did when always I heard look he old. Died, I'm thinking he was old in 1988. He really when was. Nothing came out. Yep. He was just like, he was always the old guy. And you know what? It's funny. So it's, he's like um, a Wilford Brimley. <laughs> he was. But, but this guy was a better looking Wilford Brimley. Um, for those of you who didn't watch Lethal Weapon, he was, um, if you remember the sitcom from the, I almost said the 80s, but it's not the 80s. It was the late 90s. Um, Dharma and Greg. Um, he played Greg's oh, dad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know him, or I remember him most as um mini driver's dad in uh gross point blank which is fantastic See, but that's you know lethal weapon gross point blank yes that, there you go if you want to know the difference between the two of us it's about 10 years <laughs> it really is it's about it's about 10 years <laughs> There's gonna be a big hole in the death pool. We won't know. Yeah. Who I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm looking at something. It is exactly ten years because I'm looking at something here that says Lethal Weapon, 1987. Yep. Gross Point Blank, too. 1997. So there you go. That's that's all you need to <laughs> and know. Look, and look what's in between. <laughs> <laughs> in between is Dharma and Greg, which I remember watching. I did watch that. I don't remember yeah. watching all of it. I remember that they had a kit, so I did like it. And clearly I must remember more than I originally thought because I remember they ended up getting a kid and I think they named him Fergus, which I just thought was like, God, that's an awful name. But then in later in life, like if I would play a game or something, I would just, I, I would like, oh, what could I do? That's kind of a goofball name. Fergus was one of it. I, for one, for a split second, thought about naming a dog Fergus. Um, and it was all thanks to Dharma and Greg, because I don't think I had ever met a Fergus before Dharma and Greg. Um, I digress. So back to, back to the celebrity deaths. Right. Nobody gives a shit about Fergus. Um, so the last one that I want to bring up and this one, you know, we play this game and it's, it's, it is fun. Um, that's why we do it because it is, we try to bring levity to situations that are, are usually pretty tough. Um, but, um, one of the names that came up or that just recently passed away was Emilio Delgado, who played Luis on Sesame street. And if there are, if there's anybody under the age of 30 that's listening to this, which hi, um, you don't know what it was like growing up when like Brad and I were children. Okay. There were, I mean, like I saw, you know, we saw the invention of cable television and that was mind blowing, right? Remote like control. <laughs> right. The fact that there was more than six channels, I know I mentioned it just a bit ago with, you know, watching movies with my dad and stuff, but the fact that there were more than six channels was just like the, the, it was just overwhelming. Okay. But as a child growing up, Sesame street 
was a staple in children's television. It was children's television. I really don't remember much else besides maybe like Scooby-Doo or something mm-hmm. like that watching as a kid. Um, and so Sesame Street, these people were your family. And in so many cases, you saw people that you may not see in your regular life. And so, you know, it was such a diverse cast. It was such a unique experience. It was such a, like an exposure to a world outside of whatever my little suburbia was. And, you know, Luis was just one of those guys that like I felt as a kid like you just relied on you just knew that when you came home from school Sesame Street was going to be on and I would eat it with my apple slice you know like watch it with my apple slices and there's Luis um and it's interesting that the news broke of his death today because just this you know uh, this afternoon I was picking my son up from school and um, actually my son and my daughter picking them up from school and driving home. And for whatever reason, we got to talking about Sesame street. I don't even really know how it came up. And we were just talking, you know, I was telling them about, you know, my favorite characters or whatever. And I was mentioning, you know, like I really did like Luis. I thought he was super relatable. I said that my favorite, you know, like one of them was Snuffleupagus. <laughs> it was like, and I don't know if it's because he was very rarely on. Um, and they were mentioning characters that were, you know, their favorites, but obviously they were new to them or they were, you know, they weren't around when I was watching like Elmo or Rocco, Rosco, yeah, Rocco was, or somebody. Luis was there before Elmo. There's yeah. actually a really good documentary for those who have the HBO Max streaming app that goes through the history of Sesame Street from the lady that had the idea oh and all the years and they kind of talk about how all the characters came on and obviously they wanted it to look like a street in new york and have some diversity most of us or at least in our generation probably learned how to count to 10 in spanish from him or maria one of the two guarantee it one of the two taught us how to count to 10 in spanish 100 percent, 100 percent, and Um, it was, it was so ahead of its time and I'm so grateful that it was available. Um, it's disappointing to me that I feel like, you know, so many other shows have come in and I don't, I don't feel like Sesame street has the same pizzazz that it did for kids today as it did for us. And I'm sure that's just because it's one of a million shows that kids well, there's the choices are yeah I mean, exactly we didn't um, that was the choice and then when the, you got a little bit older you went on to the electric company oh the electric and then you went from the electric company to zoom oh yeah or three two one contact do you remember oh, yeah. three two one contact i uh Which, interestingly enough two of the three kids remember trini who was on the show yeah and then one of the kids that was in the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, the Bloodhound Gang. I totally forgot about the Bloodhound Gang. They were in the movie The Warriors. So they were like on this PBS show about science. And then right. their night job is they were in a rated R film about street gangs. They were in a street gang. Yeah. Um, 
So there was, and I don't know, I don't even know if it's still around, but probably about, oh, well, let's see. I've been with my husband for about 20 years. So just over 20 years ago, there was a channel called Noggin. And I don't know if it's still around or not. Um, I know, I know Noggin and no, no on the Noggin. I don't think it's around anymore. And if it is, it might be like on cable, but I don't have cable any longer. I've switched streaming. So I know for a fact that it's not on what I have, but Noggin. So Noggin was basically, again, 20 plus years ago was, you know, a a channel that was designed entirely for fun educational shows for kids. But after midnight, Noggin knew exactly who was watching their channel because it was 20 somethings like me coming home from the bar, maybe had a couple of one, two, three drinks, and they would show old episodes of the electric company. They would show old episodes of three, two, one contact. Um, and it was, I could sit there and watch it for hours. It was, they knew exactly who was watching that channel at one or two in the morning. And there were plenty of nights when I would come home with a late night, uh, post bar snack and sit on my couch and turn on noggin and watch old episodes of these great shows for my youth, which was absolutely perfect. And I will probably never get that back. I mean, I guess I could search for it on YouTube, but it kind of loses a little bit of the spark, if you will. Um, but that's, those are what I have. That's the information that I have. Um, other than that, we don't have a whole lot going on. Um, I imagine that this is going to be a pretty short show, short episode. Um, we did recently, or we mentioned some footage of Phil Collins coming out recently. Um, again, no disrespect to Phil Collins. He's amazing, but he kind of looks like he's already half dead at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would say hang it up. And this is, here's a question for you. So, you know, most of us that work in air quote, normal jobs, if you will, there's a retirement age, right? Like we're all striving for whatever that <laughs> retirement age is. And we're looking for that moment of somewhere. Let's just, you know, generously say somewhere between the ages of 55 and 70, we're all looking to the point of like, okay, I'm going to be done with this and I'm going to stop working and I'm going to golf or paint or travel or spend time with the grandkids or putts in the garden or do whatever it is. Right. Right. I don't feel like that often happens with either entertainers or performers. I feel like they maybe often stay beyond the expiration date um, and continue working. Why do you think that is? Is it because what they were doing before was not what well, maybe what we would consider say, I work? I hope it's not because he needs the money. Right. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like it can't possibly because of that. Right. I mean, 
You know, you see a lot I of mean, folks that's, no. that that work late or they become, you know, greeters at Walmart or whatever. And I would like to think that they do that because they want something to do out of outside of the house. They want to, you know, they want to. Uh, I mean, it clearly could be to keep them busy from boredom, but that's a lot of travel and everything. Right. Um, I want to hope that they are still doing it even in the fragile states they're in because they love it that much. And I think for a lot of these people that made it to the pop culture status to be eligible for our game. Um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> wow, this is a quality show, everybody. That's epic. <laughs> that was brilliant brad (laughs) yes folks this is this is how we do it over here at celebrity death school podcast it's nothing but the utmost professionalism (laughs) to brad's point though i too agree i think like i would hope that they're not doing it because of the money I would right. hope that they're doing it because they love it. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but I mean, at some point, no, but basically, these artists to be eligible for this game have to be doing whatever they're doing because they're really good at it and they love it. And there are people that, if they can't do that one thing, they might as well give somebody in the game points. So let's hope it's not because he needs to because of the money. Let's hope he does it because he loves it that much that if he didn't have it, he probably wouldn't be around. Okay. But here's a question. Do we feel, do we admire them for this or we do, do we feel sorry for them? Because I will tell you this, I have mixed emotions on this. All right. I have seen a handful of artists after their quote prime, right? I mean, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know, that I took my kids to go see the Rolling Stones when they started their tour here in St. Louis. Uh, I mean, the Rolling Stones today are clearly not the Rolling Stones of 40 years ago. Okay. You can still claim you saw them. <laughs> right. I can just claim that I was in the same airspace as these people. But at some point, I look at this and I think, is this just a money grab for them? Or is there, is it, you know, is it their self-esteem is so low that they have to have it refilled by screaming crowds? Um, or is it that this is all they know? Like I'm completely confused by it. And I struggle with a good for you attitude and a really dude, like it's time, it's time to just hang it up and call it a day and, you know, turn on CBS and see what's happening over there. (laughs) I'm sure there's an NCIS episode that looks interesting to you. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's just, that's me. And, you know, I might feel completely different when I am 81 years old. It's very possible. And, but considering that I often feel like I'm ready to hang it up now at 45, (laughs) I have a lot of a lot of hope that I'm going to suddenly turn it around and be a go-getter. But, um, so yeah, so that was, 
that was the only like kind of new, you know, new thing that I saw. Um, I did finally post our list to the Facebook page. So if anyone is listening and they are interested in the names that our players have added to their lists, um, it is finally posted to our Facebook page. Um, the Facebook page is open. You don't have to be a player of the game to follow along. You can, uh, join the Facebook page and, and, um, you know, see what we're up to. You can see the posts. You can actually make posts if you want to. Um, but you most importantly at this point, now that I've posted the list, you can see, uh, the list that everybody is playing and the names that are out there. Um, which we've talked about a little bit before. Um, there's a lot of single Pringles on these lists, which is great. Uh, that makes the game more interesting in my opinion. Um, for everybody that's playing. I don't, I mean, again, we often joke about it, but it really has been kind of a quiet, quiet couple of weeks. Um, we don't have any points to award. Uh, you know, that's all good news. I will say that our first time player did mention when I did post the list, he said, you know, hopefully we all end with zero points this year. And I just love that sort of like Andy Griffith kind of mentality where wouldn't that be wonderful if we all ended up with zero points because everybody just lived forever kind of attitude. Uh, but the fact is, is that I'm sure at some point, somebody's going to be awarded some points. So we are, we are waiting for that moment to happen, but until then it's been pretty quiet and we will keep up with it. Um, I don't have anything else to add. You got anything you want to add, Brad? No, I'm just happy that the game is wide open and no one's run away with it. Nobody had a Oh, his, uh, smoochy, smoochy wild. I don't think that's what it was, but we will go with it. Um, <laughs> we will go with smoochy wild. I don't think that's, what I think it is. that's snooty, what snooty. snooty. It's snooty wild. Close. So close. close. Just a bit outside. Um, I put snoochy on my list though. <laughs> there might be a rapper named snoochy wild. So that could be your shot in the dark. Um, yeah. So I will say that we will wrap it up for today. Anybody that's listening, you're getting off scot-free because it's an early, it's an early episode. Um, maybe next time we will have a lot more to talk about. Hopefully there'll be some more points. Um, in the meantime, if you're listening and you want to reach out to Brad or I, um, ask us questions, stuff that you want us to discuss on the air, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at celebrity at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Celebrity Death Pool. Uh, we are the Facebook page with all of the headstones as the banner at the top, the biggest ones that you can read are Rodney Dangerfield and Richard Dawson. You can also find us on Facebook at Celebrity Death Pool Podcast on Facebook. Uh, it has the logo to our podcast on there. So feel free to follow along there as well. But until then, that's all I've got. Anything you want to add, Brad? Nope. All right. Talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.